You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. We are proud to be partners with the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. It is Friday. We are continuing our positional depth chart series. We are talking about the AFC running backs today, going to try and get through 16 through 9 of the teams here, assuming my house is not swept away by this massive storm that is just, I was not expecting to be this bad. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, very interesting stuff going on all over Twitter, all over the world. How is everything going for you guys on this fantastic Friday? Well, the it seems like our pre-intro, it sounds like it's actually a tape because it, it goes wah, 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 it, before we get to Gabe and the singing. That It sounds like it's uh, a little stretched out. So if you listen back to it, I don't know what that, that uh, where you got that uh, royalty-free music from. But, uh, Are you talking about the countdown? Oh, that's yeah. just like part of StreamYard. I didn't yeah, hear. Well, I did a also didn't have, I didn't have my head wobbly, on. like like it's speeding up and slowing down. Matt can't hear anything over the rain. <laughs> I literally like ran out of here as soon as I went into the intros because I was like, I swear that lightning. Well, I guess lightning can't technically hit your house. It would be no, it, yeah, no, can. it definitely it can. It can. I was thinking thunder. I always, but you would know every everything that's has power in your house would be gone. I mean, would it though? I mean, obviously it would. I'm kidding. I just, I was just, it was, it sounded like it literally hit like right next to us. It's like, what the, like my dogs just jumped up. One of them looks like it may have pissed itself. Like it was, it was the whole ground shook. I'm trying to figure out if we're about to have the, uh, uh, what's that Tom Cruise movie? War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds is about to happen. I can feel it coming, unfortunately. And I'm stuck here in Texas. And, and we'll get to watch it happen live. I mean, you won't see much based on the movie. They pretty much just evaporate, so I'll just be sitting here, and then I'll be like, well, I guess Matt will be back in a minute. I'm sure Mr. Fox will be kind enough to just kind of like pull me off, pull my camera off screen. So, Anyways, enough of talking about people evaporating. Not much going on in the NFL world news-wise. Uh, a couple of big retirements. Um, the main ones for fantasy, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Frank Gore retire. Uh, Matt, I mean... 
really out of the three of these guys, I mean, our, Alex Mack does as well. Obviously, not a big thing for fantasy outside of offensive lines. None of these guys are real Hall of Famers, right? Like, I don't. Frank Gore feels like one of those guys we're going to argue about for a long time is like the the quote unquote Hall of Very Good versus the Hall of actual Hall of Famers argument. I know he compiled a lot of stats. I mean, he was a really good player for a very long time. Gore might make it in based on his cumulative stats, um, but I, I agree with you there. That's that kind of – he hung around for a long time. He was probably constantly underrated for his ability to just churn and get yards, um, but – he ended up playing with so many teams after he left uh, San Francisco that I think some of that gets lost a little bit. What was interesting to me, the stat that came up, I didn't realize Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, better known as Ryan Fitzmagic, never made the playoffs. Feels like kind of a bummer. I didn't even know that until you said that. That just doesn't feel right. Like, I'm sure it obviously is right. 17 years, like so, nine teams. Yeah, he's, yeah. he never – he had, they said he finished on a couple of teams that had winning records, but he mostly was a fun presence who put up stats for some dreadful teams. It's a great life if you can get it. I mean, I, I tend to think Gore is going to make it into the Hall of Fame. I, I understand the argument that he – you know, stayed around a long time, maybe beyond his usefulness. Um, but the dude had nine 1,000 yard seasons. And he's he's going to be a guy that the argument will, will come down to was he ever the best running back at any point? No, he wasn't. Was he top three, top five? You know, he uh, he only had one double-digit touchdown season. Uh, his high, he did catch almost 500 passes. Um, let's see, what were 81 passing touchdowns? He had 99 touchdowns total. So he did he did rack up a lot of stats after sticking around. But at age 33, he put up a thousand-yard season for Indianapolis. So he was he had some really really good years, uh, but you know it's not is it his fault that he had you know Adrian Peterson as a contemporary or Emmett Smith for the early part of his career, you know to to kind of face some of that stuff. It, it just like I said, I think he'll get in, but he he's not going to get in on the first ballot. Completely unrelated note, and this is really just a question for you, Mr. Fox, and I meant to do this off-air, but I just remind, remind, was reminded. I need to get a good Saturday morning slash afternoon night cartoon, and I need a good one. I just took over an orphan, and it's a cartoon league, and I need somebody. Darkwing Duck was taken, and that's my go-to. So, just whenever you get a chance, just think about it, mold over. We got plenty it of time. It could be like the Rescue Rangers. Ha ha. See, look, that's why I can't do Chip and Dale, baby. And in fact, they're in vogue right now. If you have not seen the uh, not. new movie on Disney Plus, I think Dennis, even you would enjoy it with its uh, kind of, you know, pop culture things kind of reaching into the way back. It was a pleasant surprise, but that's what I would go with. It's on Disney Plus, too, right? It is indeed. I will have to watch that with my kids. I, I, I plan on finishing Halo. Your kids may not Guys, enjoy it as much as you will. We got lots of Stranger Things to catch up on, so you know it's it's going to be a long weekend in the Bruning household. We so. we need the uh, we need the update. Where are you at in your? Stranger I am Things? almost through season two. I think we have three episodes left. So and it's going to be a you know to to bore people with my life here, but uh, my wife is not working this Saturday. It's like the first Saturday she's not had to work in like three months. We're ordering food, and it's nothing but Stranger Things all day Saturday. Like, we're just going to sit, be fat and happy on the couch, like, ordering in all day. I'm not leaving. Just straight Stranger Things. I cannot wait. Can't, couldn't be more. Hey, we got to watch the three. We gotta watch the new Harry Potter movie as well. Apparently, that just dropped on mm-hmm. HBO Max. And it did. Big fan of that as well. So, 
and she uh, loves the Fantastic Beasts series. So, is it like is the new Harry Potter? Is it like the Harry Potter spin on like Friends or something? No, no, or it's like, 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 like prequels focused on yeah, it's like a, it's a like prequel character. stuff uh, focused on Sir Dumbledore and I don't even remember the other dude's name. Like it's it's uh, he's a he's a Beastmaster. Uh, Which just makes me um, I just think blanked. of the actors that he read me. Yeah, I know the actor too. Yeah. I just can't remember. Um, oh man, now I'm going to get that stuck in my head, and it's probably not something appropriate. And I can't think of it. But there's a movie where there's a character, and he's a beef mafta, and I can't remember what it is, and it's going to drive oh, me crazy. Um, that one you're talking about, I'm pretty sure, is Dolph Lundgren. Beastmaster. Where is a Beastmaster? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, this uh, is a, it's enough, Newt's commander. There we go. Uh, enough, enough Beast Beastmaster Harry Potter talk for this episode. We are talking about the AFC positional depth rankings, and this was Matt's idea. It has been a lot of fun. So just like the last couple episodes, we will kick it over to him. We'll start with. Uh, we are going in. What's it? We're going we're, from the bottom to the top, as we talked about. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Going with the 16th ranked team. Just like Frank Gore, going from the bottom to the top. All right. Well, uh, so each of us ranks them 1 through 16, 1 being the best, 16 being the least best. Uh, And then we average the three together to get their position. So uh, coming in at number 16 is the Houston Texans. Their cumulative average is 16, which is a good indication that all of us were on the same page, that they they are the least best set of running backs in the AFC. Dennis, how are you feeling about the Houston Texans? You Defend know, Marlon Mack. Houston's in a rebuild, and I know that uh, Lovey Smith has been talking up Marlon Mack. Uh, Rex Burkhead had a 143-yard game last year, uh, and a, a lot of fantasy guys are on uh, the Damian Pierce train. So they have probably three good depth backs, but they don't, I don't think they have a legitimate starter yet unless Damian Pierce just pops off and does something great. He's got the potential, but I feel like Lovey Smith is kind of an old school back and he's going to defer to the veterans and Burkhead and Marlon Mack. And it's going to be a three headed monster all season. Uh, with not a lot of upside, and that is going to um, – that's not good for fantasy. So it was, it's a bad team that's probably going to have to pass more than they want to. Hey, you all right there, Matt? Sorry. <laughs> the, the boys dropped today? Jumping. Yeah. I did not realize that. I now figured out what my night plan is. Sorry. Didn't mean to The uh, – I thought your house got hit by lightning. No, it pretty much just did. I love that show. I had no idea. I just saw something about it. So, you know, Pierce is going to have to pop off, but it's it's not a team that that has a lot of scoring potential. Um, I actually just moved Davis Mills in a two-quarterback league for a 23-second and a – yeah, 23-second and a 24-third. So as much as I want to believe in Davis Mills, I think in general the team is going to be restrictive for their offense, and that's part of the reason that I have them at 16. Yeah, I feel like um, for me the big thing is is kind of the same argument we had about the Atlanta Falcons. It's just a bunch of replacement-level guys, at least we think right now. I mean – as Dennis mentioned, maybe Damian Pierce does end up coming out and going off and, and being the guy that a lot of people do think he can be. He got a lot of hype after the Senior Bowl um, and, and during the uh, pre-draft process with some of the things that he can do. He's never really used in that that role at Florida. But, I mean, outside of him, like, look, I've seen Dontrell Hilliard. Um, not Dontrell, Hill, Dontrell Hilliard. I'm thinking of the wrong team. We were having conversation about those guys. He's not on this team. Andy... Janovich, Jehonovich, yeah, Jehonovich witness. I don't remember how to say Janovich. He's a fullback. Yeah, fullback. I mean, he's probably like going to be blocking for most of these guys. Marlon Mack. I I don't know that he's anything anymore. Unfortunately, after that injury, we saw Dante Foreman come back from it. It took him a couple years. Maybe this is when Marlon Mack finally bounces back. 
I don't even know who Darius Anderson is. You got Dare. Dare Ogunbowale. We got that guy from Tampa Bay who was never really anything there either. Like, it's just Royce Freeman, I did not realize, was still in the league. He is still on the Houston Texans roster. Saying it's a three-headed monster, it could easily be like a five-headed monster. You don't know. If one of the rookies had landed here, I think it would have boosted up a little bit for me. But just all these guys, I, I mean, that's why I think everybody's taking Damian Pierce so early in their startups and in rookie drafts because they expect him to run away with the job. But I could see Marlon Mack being just good enough that it's like what Matt said, that you've got three or four guys just kind of rec- ro- rotating here and there. Because, again, Rex is going to likely get a lot of the receiving work. So, overall, I just I don't like this backfield at all. I don't want any part of it. And it was kind of like the easiest one for me to rank. Because the rest of this was very intriguing. They were kind of the very easy, yeah, they're, they're dead last for me, unfortunately. It's, they're kind of like they're deep flexes or bi-week fill-ins is basically what they are. I tell you what I'm starting to find fascinating looking at Houston's roster is apparently uh, Nick Casario is the one person that looked at the Denver Broncos the last five years and thought, I'd like what they're doing because he picked (laughs) up Kevin Hogan and Jeff Driscoll in the quarterback room who we both had, who we had both as backups. In fact, Kevin Hogan's picture on ESPN is still in a Broncos jersey. Royce Freeman and Andy Janovich were Broncos running backs. And I see Deshaun Hamilton. Maybe I'll have to secretly uh, watch this team and see how it pans out. Um, I also want no piece of this backfield. Somebody brought up very um, something that's given me pause thinking about Damon Pierce, even in rookie drafts, is he feels like this year's Michael Carter, a guy who's probably going to get an opportunity late in the season emerging from a pack that you're going to get super excited about only to see the team go get another running back next offseason. And that... Definitely feels likely. I don't think Houston's quite there with everything that they're trying to do, Um, but it's been fascinating. The number 15 team, we actually had uh, a little bit of disparity. Uh, The Miami Dolphins come in with a cumulative average of 14, and landing in the 15th spot is right where Dennis and I had them. But Matt, you had them at number 12. Yeah, I mean... They have good depth, and they actually have some pretty good running backs on their roster. I was kind of surprised the where where you guys had him. I mean, Chase Edmonds at times flashed last year for Arizona. They got Miles Gaskin, who did the same thing for Miami. You know, Sony Michelle is what he is. I don't know that he's ever going to be anything great, but I still still think he's a decent running back. Raheem Mostert as well when he is healthy. Salvan Ahmed produced for times at Miami. All of this with not even, in my opinion, a very good run game or offense. They they bring over the Wonder Kid, who you know has been credited with some of what San Francisco was able to do in their run game. He was the run game coordinator. Like I believe this running game will be very good. And again, looking at it from the dev chart perspective, while none of these guys are really elite talents, which is why they still they rank twelve for me. It's not like I had them in the top ten. They were still in the bottom half, but why they were fairly higher up, at least for me, was because I do think all of these guys could easily produce. And if one goes down, I think because they're all so equally talented that I don't think you see a massive drop in production between any of them, maybe besides Sony Michelle. But there are people who believe Sony Michelle will go out there and have a bounce back year this year. So I did not feel like they deserved based on the the depth chart perspective of it, and even some of the talent on that roster that they deserve to be too low. I felt 12 was a, was a fair ranking for them. Again, do I think any of them are going to go out there and finish as RB1s, maybe even high-end RB2s? Probably not. But overall, I think the depth is there for the position, and they've got guys who will produce for fantasy. The depth and the quality is actually the issue for me as to why I have them at 15. Week one, you've got to plug one of them in your lineup. Which one is it? It's like it's literally you're you're Chase literally Edmonds. rolling dice. Is it? Yeah, he's the one who got paid. Like I know they brought in a bunch of guys, but Sony Michelle and Raheem Mostert are on not even backup contracts. Like Raheem Mostert's getting a million dollars this year. I think if he gets injured at all, he can just be cut. And like I, I Chase think Chase Edmonds career backup. He's a rich man's Miles Gaskin. Sorry. But that's fine. Look at what Miles Gaskin did in a poor offense the past two years. Not last year, so man. Why wouldn't Miles, they, Miles why wouldn't they give him the... You know, why at, 
my because my biggest issue is that they're they're all pretty close to the same quality level backs, and I don't know that you can count. It, it feels I, I wouldn't be surprised because McDaniel's McDaniel believes in his offense, his run game so much because he's been so successful that they have four backs active and they just rotate series one, series two, series three, series four. And they just, you know, they, they play all four of them an entire series because they believe that all four of them are going to get the job done. And, and so what well, I want to, if, if I had certainty as to who the back was going to be or which two backs it was going to be, I would have probably had them higher. Yeah, and I think that's it for me. I will give you, I think Chase Edmonds probably will end up low-end RB2, high-end RB3 by the end of the season. He's he's predominantly receiver, although there are questions in this scheme. San Francisco didn't throw to running backs a lot, you know, the schemes that he's coming out of, which is another reason that I, I thought Chase Edmonds going there was a borderline curious fit. They also loaded up on receiving weapons, and we don't know how pass-heavy that offense is going to be in general. They have a lot of players, um, but a lot of these guys come with really checkered injury histories. And if you're talking about from fantasy, so this feels like, to me, you know, one of my worries about San Francisco when we were looking at the NFC is if you're going to have one of them, you probably have to have three of them if you're going to try to fill a slot there. Only I feel less bullish on their health availability in the production than if I had an Elijah Mitchell. I if they, they don't have like that one central guy and seeing how San Francisco often platoon running backs, I I'm just with with Dennis a little bit. They have a lot of interesting backs. Maybe one of them will emerge, but right now I, I don't have great confidence. The next team uh, that came in at number 14 in our countdown is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their cumulative average was 13.3. Matt had them at 15. I had them at 14. Dennis, you had them at 11. Why are you so high on the Jaguars? Excuse me. I'm as the off season goes on, I am buying more and more into Travis Etienne. Uh, well, I don't think he leads the team in rush attempts. I actually think that'll be Snoop Connor. And then later in the season, when James Robinson comes back, uh, he'll provide uh, depth. And he's Robinson has proven he can be effective. I, I think that ETN has, has RB1 upside. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say the RB1, but definitely RB1 upside. If he caught 75 passes this year, I wouldn't blink. I wouldn't be surprised at all. He feels like a 175, you know, 65, 70 catch, 175 carry, 65 to 75 catch uh, back this year. He's young. He's still only, what is he, like 21 or something, 22. He's he's still very young. 23. He's going to be there. He's, yeah. He's going to be, be there. in the season this year. Okay. He He's... He's going to be there with Trevor Lawrence for the foreseeable future. Um, I feel like the injury is behind him. The team is going to be growing. Doug Peterson is uh, hes a pretty good offensive coach. I know after, Doug Peterson will kind of get stale after a while, but this is year one, so it should be uh, pretty good for the next three or four years. So it just, it just kind of came down to like, I feel like ETN is the guy. Snoop Connor is the other guy. We know for certain from fantasy, that's probably who it's going to be. There may be some uncertainty if Robinson comes back really strong. But again, Robinson is coming back from a torn Achilles that he suffered, I think, in January, maybe. Um, It was very late in the year. And so that's going to take some time. Not everybody is... uh, uh, Cam Akers, I, I think more people are Marlon Mack and uh, Deontay Foreman with the Achilles than they are Cam Akers. So uh, I like where the offense is going, and I, I think there, I think there's definitely some offensive surprise there, uh, and it's going to be led by Etn. 
Yeah, I'm on the whole opposite side of that. Uh, I'm out on ETN. I don't understand the infatuation with him by a lot of people in the fantasy community. I think they're turning him in. They they see him and they see Trevor Lawrence together, and they think it's going to be what he was at Clemson, and he's just not, in my opinion. You just mentioned um, Doug Peterson. Miles Sanders, who was the lead running back for them, barely got 180 carries while Doug Peterson was at Philadelphia in two years, and he always split the backfield between him and another running back. So if you're going to compare it to that, Miles Sanders is Travis Etienne, and Jordan Howard is Snoop Connor. Snoop Connor, 120 carries, or I'm sorry, Snoop Connor, Jordan Howard. I was trying to find the other one. So 179 and 164. Granted, he probably goes over the 180 because he did miss three games um, in 2020. Miles Sanders did, but that's not a guarantee because he played in all 16 games. And I know he didn't. He started in 11 of them, so he only did not start in five of them. He started all 11 or 12 games that he was there 2020. I just don't think that ETN's going to get that much. I mean, he's not as good a receiver as people want to give him credit for. He's not even that good of a rusher. Like, I compare Travis Etienne, he's a more explosive and a slightly better runner than Ronald Jones was coming out of college. And we saw how well that did not work out in the NFL. Like, Etienne's got incredible burst, incredible speed. But one of the biggest knocks on him coming out of college, not just by me, but from a lot of people, was his vision. You're not doing anything if you're running into the back of your offensive lineman half the time. Like, I don't think Etienne's going to go out there and have this massive season. I've got him. I think he has a chance to be like a top 20 running back. I would be very surprised if, if he's an RB1. And that's kind of why I put him down here so much because I don't think Snoop Connor's that good either. So then if you take Snoop Connor or if Travis Etienne gets hurt, you're relying on Nathan Cottrell, Reichel Armstead, who I hope is okay, assuming he's still on the roster. But we haven't seen him in two years because of COVID stuff. And then you've got Mackay Sargent, who a lot of people were hyping up last year after, like, based on injuries for the team. So I just don't see it because I honestly don't. If Robinson was here, they'd be higher because I still think Robinson would be the starter over ETN. Robinson's that much better of a running back. He's not. And I don't think he's coming back this year. He did. It was, I don't remember if it was January, like Dennis said. I think that was what it was. He's not coming back. December. It was the end of the season for sure. He's not coming back this year. He's just not. I, I don't see him coming back uh, because I don't even think he got, he didn't get a new contract. Did he, if he tries to rush himself back out there and plays poor, what are the chances that a UDFA is going to get another contract in the running back position? I think he needs to stay healthy. So this team I think is one of the worst. That's why I ranked them 15. Cause I don't think ETN is going to be that good. I don't believe in Snoop Connor. They have nothing behind those two. Yeah, and that's right. They were a little bit down for me. Joe's comment, Doug Peterson's offensive prowess disappeared when Frank Reich was no longer the offensive coordinator. But at least they're uh, the same in that they don't recognize when they have a feature back. Um, they don't give them mouse carries because Frank has continued that well, uh, with another team. In Doug's, in Doug's defense, he doesn't have a feature running back right now. I, I never thought Doug Peterson's offenses were that great um, in Philadelphia either, to be honest. And I, I'm a little bit, uh, maybe I'm a little higher than you on, on ETN, but we also have no idea what he's going to be like because we didn't see him at all last year. Um, but I'm not that bullish on them, which is why I had them down there as well. Uh, the next one clocking in here at 13 on the countdown with an average. Uh, oh, wait, we got this. Uh, somehow it didn't sort the column. The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Again, the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can also bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom! You have a shot at even bigger payouts. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get free up to $25 back if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. That is TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That is 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or Visit httpccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP. That is 1-877-770-7867. In Louisiana, 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK. Text HOPE-NEW-YORK or 46739 in New York. Or visit opgr.org for Oregon. Call or text Tennessee's red line. 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-889-9789, for Virginia, 21 and up, 18 and up in Wyoming, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, and New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Um, so should be the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, and it hurts my soul to say that, uh, so their average was 12.67. Uh, apparently I'm the reason that they were that high because I had them at 11. Uh, well, you guys had them at 13 and 14. Um, I had no idea that I was going to be the highest on Kansas city. I feel a great sense of shame, um, I guess I like Ronald Jones as someone who in the Scott Fishbowl 10 was the one that drafted Ronald Jones the earliest. Apparently I've always been on the Ronald Jones hype train. Maybe I like uh, Ronald Jones and the combination of CEH a little bit better than everyone else. But Dennis, how are you feeling about the chiefs? You know, I wanted to buy into Ronald Jones when he went to the chiefs as the two down thumper, but I don't know that Kansas city, will have a two down thumper. Um, and then it's, it's a make or break year for CEH. I I'm, you know, and he, he's leaning kind of towards break. Honestly, he, he could be fine, but the offense is going through a major shift, losing Tyreek Hill. Um, Travis Kelsey's getting old. They're, they're remaking the offense on the fly. And I don't think that those are the running backs them, Derek Gore. Um, oh, they got somebody. They lost, let's see. One Al Williams is gone. Jerry and Ely is there. Snoop Connors, former running mate. Um, honestly, Ely is the guy that could potentially pop off. He's a pretty good receiver, dynamic runner. He was the the one A in the the backfield with Snoop Connor, um, but he's just not a very big back. Uh, so it just it seems like. There's a lot of questions. Either it's players that didn't pan out, or players. It, there's some some has beens and never was. A lot of a lot more never was than there there are has beens. Like that's Kansas City should have signed Frank Gore, frankly. Yeah, they just got nothing. Um, I mean, I loved Ronald Jones coming out. I think I had him as I know, I th- not I think I know he was a top. He started as a top three back. I dropped him to like a top six back. But I always talked about him being a RB two. This is likely his best chance of doing that. Not RB two overall, like an RB two for 
fantasy scoring. I just don't know that he fits this offense that well. I mean, I like Isaiah Pacheco out of Rutgers. He's a guy that I, I, I'm very intrigued by, but we already know. I think it, it's fair that it, I think Kansas City knows they messed up with the CEH pick. I just don't know what to think of Jerry on Like, I liked him. He was very productive at, in the SEC as well. But 5'9", 185, like, I mean, we're the same size, and I would die out on the football field if I was hit. I, I kind of feel like Jerry O'Neilly, while he's probably a lot more muscled and fat like I am, still, that's a little bit concerning. They've got, you know, Tim Burton's illegitimate child, Michael Burton. Again, don't even know who that is, but he is on this roster. Derek Gore, who flashed last year a little bit. I just don't think they have anybody that's decent on this roster I don't think the run game is going to be that good. If Ronald Jones can't do it, we already know CEH can't do it. And I'm going to just take a bet right now that none of the other guys on this roster will be able to do it. So I like, I, I bounce back and forth, honestly, of putting them at 15 or 16 and being the worst. But then I wanted to give, I was like, Ronald Jones is at least showing a little bit more than the Houston Texans guys. And so I will bump him up a little bit. And he's also shown more than Travis Etienne has technically at this moment. So that's why they came in here for me. I just I, I think this is going to end up being another like 500 to possibly 600 passes for Patrick Mahomes this year because this running game is just not going to be good. So then you wouldn't have done the trade that Dennis and I looked at a couple weeks ago where uh, the guy traded Brees Hall and George Pickens to get CEH straight up? That was horrible. And um, that's me being polite. So the next team up here, uh, you guys, again, were pretty close in lockstep. <laughs> and I'm the outlier. But this one I actually uh, I'm more proud of, I guess. Uh, so at number 12, we have the Buffalo Bills that came in with an average of 12.33. Matt, you had them at 14 above the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Dennis, you had them at 13, so you guys just reversing your positions from the other team. I had them at 10, and I'll be honest, I like Devin Singletary a lot more than you. Um, you know, and I think with James Cook and Duke Johnson and Zach Moss, they have a good group back there. I actually kind of like the Buffalo running backs. Um, I don't think they're going to be incredible, but I think one or two of them is going to be uh, low-end RB2, high-end RB3, so that's probably why I put them in there. I think their biggest challenge is that Josh Allen steals their goal line carries. But, uh, Matt, you actually just dunked on the Chiefs, but you have the Bills lower. Yeah, that is the only – what you just mentioned right there is why. Uh, their best running back is not listed as a running back on their roster. He's listed as a quarterback. He's also one of the best damn quarterbacks in the league as well. Like – Zach Moss, I am not sure, has has like not gone into witness protection. I don't know that the Buffalo Bills even want him on the roster. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. I've sent multiple DMs. I just want to know what kind of dirt he has on um, – God, why didn't his name just jumped out of my head? Sean McDermott. Why – wait, is it Sean McDermott or is that the actor? I always get those two yeah. mixed up. No, it's Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. Okay. I want to know what dirt he has on Sean McDermott to even still be on the roster because they clearly don't want him there. Devin Singletary is a fine RB3 in fantasy. I, I just don't think he's going to be much more than that. I don't like James Cook at all. I do not think he's going to be worth anything rushing in between the tackles. He is an extremely good receiving back, which then completely deletes Duke Johnson because that dude takes like six steps just to move two steps forward. He is so slow. So that's where James Cook is going to come in. Raheem Blackshear, fine in college, not going to be anything at the NFL level. Like for me, it's the same. They just don't have anybody. I don't – I want to believe in Devin Singletary. I was very high on him coming out. He's just – he's had so many opportunities and just never been able to prove it, whether it was – them bringing in and mixing in other backs like Zach Moss or the injuries he suffered because he looked really good his rookie season, then the injuries stopped him, and they let Frank Gore go with it. Whatever it was, he's just never been able to take off, and I think it's going to continue to be that way. Much like I said with the Chiefs, I expect this offense to be very pass-heavy and very reliant on Josh Allen to do practically anything. Yeah, I mean, the Bills were fourth in the NFL in pass attempts last year. And the guy doing the passing is your goal line back. Um, I, I think I, the reason I have 
Buffalo ahead of Miami. I think Buffalo's top two backs, you could interchange them with any of the top four backs in Miami. Um, but in Buffalo, there's only two of them. So there's a lot more certainty who's going to be getting the ball. It's going to be James Cook or it's going to be Devin Singletary. 85% of the time, it's going to be one of those two guys when they run the ball or involve the running back. Um, Singletary is a serviceable running back. I think he's outperformed a lot of fantasy analyst expectations. Um, kind of had a breakout year last year. I'm a little nervous about what Cook brings to the table. I think, uh, you know, I, I saw somebody tweeting uh, a month or so ago about Cook, and they were referring to him not as a satellite back, but as a small between the tackles back. I don't know how effective and how long that'll stand up. I mean, we, we see guy Philip Lindsay is a prime example of a small between the tackles back. He was really, really good for two years, and that was it. Um, I don't care for Zach Moss or Duke Johnson as depth pieces. I don't think either one of them are a real threat to either Singletary or James Cook um, right now. So unless one of them gets injured, I think Moss and Duke Johnson are, you know, riding the pine. Um, but because of the certainty of two backs versus four backs, I, I like the, the Buffalo backfield uh, a little bit better. And maybe it'll be just one back and that back will be Devin Singletary yeah. as it was at the end of last season. Next up on the countdown at number 11 is the New England Patriots. Their average is 12, and um, we were right down the board. Matt had them at 11. Dennis, you had them at 12. I had them at 13. Matt, what do you love about the Patriots' backfield? I just think they have a bunch of above-average guys, and it works for them. Like, I mean, you can't knock it too much, right? Like, Damian Harris, say what you want about him. He's never going to be an RB1 and win you your fantasy league, but dude's damn consistent. Like, he's just getting you, like, 8 to 11 points every single week. I think people kind of underrate how much that matters sometimes for fantasy. Like, you can put him in your lineup, even especially in mostly the leagues we play, and we play in some deeper formats where you're typically starting more than one flex spot. And so you're not always going to get those high-end RB2s. Knowing that you can get 11 points from a guy every single week is kind of important. Ramondre Stevenson showed it at times last year. James White has put up multiple RB1 seasons because of what he's done as a receiving back. And I think having a guy like Mac Jones there only helps do that because he's just a lesser version of Tom Brady. Uh, he's going. He has no issue checking the ball down. Go look at Najee Harris's stats and. To be fair, pretty much everybody in the NFL is a lesser version. Well, yes, I, I should have phrased that better. Is like he's a guy who he will. Not, he's not afraid to check down like Tom Brady was. If you go look at what Najee Harris did at Alabama when they when those two were together, I believe he had like fifty or sixty catches, and I may be overstating that a ton, a little bit. But Najee Harris, we we knew how good of a receiving back he was coming out of college because of how much Mac Jones was not afraid to check down. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are excited about Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, who they drafted this year. Um, I, I do, did like Kevin Harris coming out of South Carolina, um, had some injuries. Uh, I don't know what he's really going to be at the NFL level, but I think, again, they're just they have three really good players. Um, you know, I guess I can see why you guys may have them. We're all kind of in lockstep, but going to the Miami argument, you don't know who to start every single week. Like, I still think Damian Harris is the guy to start. And I still think James White likely has some kind of flex value most weeks as well because he's going to get a lot of receptions until Ramondre passes Damian. You know you're starting probably one, if not both, those guys every week. Yeah, I, I think it's Damian Harris who's the starter. It's his fourth year. They're not going to resign him. Um, Ramondre is the guy you go trade for this year to have as that RB3 next year when he takes over. Uh I think it was Lance Zierlein who had the best quote or the best comment about uh, any rookie running back uh, that I saw this year. He's in referring to Kevin Harris catching passes. He said he catches the ball like it's lava. So I, I you know, he's clearly a two down back. Um, and he, he, he's, I don't think Harris becomes the starter at any point over Harris or 
Um, I don't know, maybe even Pierre Strong. Uh, but Ramondre will likely be the starter next year with Damian Harris moving on. But this year, I think Damian Harris is the guy you want out of that backfield. Yeah, I mean, there's three players they're probably rostering for sure, which is Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and James White. Um, and they're all fine. That's kind of why I have them there. You are right. I would probably start Damian Harris, but I'm, you know, he's a flex to me. I, I'm not thinking I'm getting RB2 because you just don't know where touches are going to be used or if there's going to be any chance at scoring and scoring is such a big part of being able to do fantasy. You either need to be the pass catcher or the scorer um, to kind of boost that value up. We've seen that in, in the modern PPR formats, just being the solid runner uh, for the team is not quite enough um, to make you have great fantasy value. And that's been, the struggle sometimes with me for, for Harris, who I, I thought has run well at times, and even, um, you know, for Ramondre Stevenson, you always know if they're going to get those goal line looks, and they hardly ever are the dominant pass-catching person. So that's kind of where I had them where they are at. As we move up to number 10, um, this is where we had another pretty good split. That's the Las Vegas Raiders. Their average is 9.67, so pretty close all together. Uh, Matt, you had them at nine. Dennis, you had them at eight. I had them at 12. Dennis, what do you like about the Raiders? Well, I, I like their depth. You know, they Josh Jacobs has been by and large uh, put down. People don't like him. John Gruden didn't like him. But he puts up you know, he, he puts up production. Um, I do think that uh, Kenyon Drake will be the passing down back uh, as long as he's healthy. I think Zamir White is the successor to Josh Jacobs. You know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I expect him to be a free agent yet next year. Um, there's a possibility they re-sign him. But, you know, second, running, second contract running backs, unless you're a stud, you're not getting big money. You're you're kind of fighting for that. You're fighting for a two to three year deal every two to three years, um, and typically getting a one to two year deal instead. But I like Kenyon Drake. I, he's always you know, had spurts of productivity, but injury issues. Brandon Bolden, I, you know, he's more of a. I, I feel like Bolden is a. Uh, he's a special teamer that's coming in there to teach the running backs how to interpret Josh McDaniel's offense. He's like, he's, he's the assistant professor. He's the TA in in the running back room. Uh, Amir Abdullah is a special teamer at this stage um, with a little bit of explosiveness. If he does get the ball out of the backfield, Um, you know, I'm not even sure who Britton Brown is, but the top three with, with Jacobs, Drake and Zamir White from a fantasy perspective, I think there's clear-cut roles. It's Josh Jacobs, who's uh, an RB2, and with with some weekly RB1 upside, um, Kenyon Drake will get some passing down work, and and then should something happen to Jacobs, Zamir White is going to step in and, and take over that role. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've probably been one of the more negative analysts on Josh Jacobs. I, I don't um, – I've, I've never really thought – I use any names. That's all right. I'm, I'm fine with, with outing myself there. Um, you know, him and, him and Amari Cooper, not big fans. Um, now, Amari Cooper has definitely proven me wrong more times than I care to admit. Uh, in my opinion, Josh Jacobs has really only done it once when he finished, I believe, his RB 12 or 13. Uh, he's obviously dealt with injuries, which is likely the reason he hasn't um, probably lived up to what people wanted him to be when they were taking him over David Montgomery because he's been fairly productive when he's on the field. They just don't use him at all in the passing game, which you know we've talked about from a fantasy perspective. You just need to get from your running backs nowadays uh, for them to end up being those high-end RBs. I believe the stat is, and it still stands to this day, he's gotten one catch on third downs in his entire career. Like, that's just ridiculous. They do have Zamir White, where I agree with Dennis. Uh, he's he's practically a Josh Jacobs clone. 
Uh, he will be able to step right in, I think, if something happens to Jacobs. Uh, you know, they still have Kenyon Drake on the roster, who I think, uh, you know, could be an intriguing fit now with Josh McDaniels there. Seems like he had kind of gotten in Gruden's uh, doghouse, and we've seen once that happens with the player, they don't ever really get out. Because uh, Kenyon Drake was more than fine in a couple of games where he filled in for Josh Jacobs a couple of years ago. So seeing what Josh McDaniels has done throughout his career as an offensive play caller, I think Kenyon Drake will be involved, which then gives him some fantasy uh, fantasy upside. And then they have Jakob Janssen, who I think is just a very cool name, and I like to root for him. So I hope he gets a spot on the team. And uh, just I, I like the Raiders' depth overall and what they've got going for them. Uh, I think that they uh, will, will be more than five this year. So they came in, what, at nine? So, you know, just under the the top half. So with cloning, it's it's been said, and I've seen it in the movies where they use cloning, that the clone has a defect. So is that what Zamir White's hands are because they're so tiny? He's a clone Not- of Josh Jacobs. And, and the, the, because he's a clone, that's why he has those little tiny hands. I think it was the ACLs, and that's why they've been torn three times. Just kidding. Love you, Samir White. Anyway, the Raiders have some mediocre talent in a mediocre system with a horrendous head coach. Josh Jacobs had four games so last year where think, he had 74 games where he had se- – am I allowed to talk, or are you just going to go over me? He had four games where he had 70 or more yards. The rest of the games – you know, let's see. Do you, do you enjoy seven carries for sixteen yards, nine for thirty-seven? I think the miracle looking here is that I have them this high. Uh, Josh McDaniels is the worst coach in the history of time. The Raiders will burn for. Having Urban Meyer them. said, "Hold my beer while I have this lap dance." You know what? I might take Urban Meyer over Josh McDaniels. You didn't have to suffer through Josh McDaniels. I also think, I mean, that rotational system's not going to work. I, they're fine, but I, I think you guys are punch drunk for having them up that high. I mean, I think you guys are punch drunk for having you know Jacksonville where you are and not having uh. I had Jacksonville at fourteen. Oh, okay, but you're not having Miami higher. Miami deserves to be higher. Damn it! I would. That's too late now. That's a you can't go point. switch it. Can't switch it now. Josh, Josh Jacobs just is so the difference between the Raiders and Miami is Josh Jacobs is probably going to get eighty percent or seventy percent of the snaps. But if he's only getting thirty yards, it doesn't really matter. Chase Edmonds will get you fifty. Well, least. I mean, he did fall into the end zone a few times, so like his game logs, like the points are not horrendous. But looking at the actual rushing production, that's why they didn't renew the fifth year option. And I, so, I actually part of me wonders if Samir White ends up starting to usurp him at the end of the season if he's doing that. You know, seventeen carries to get you sixty yards. That's not incredible production. So just. Just want to point out, because Matt has now pointed out that what I've been saying all along is very true and that Josh Jacobs is not very good. I like to, I would like to now formally retract my statement of apologizing to Josh Jacobs. I will continue to only apologize to Mari Cooper. Just because he's on your team. No, I hate, no that he, I hate that he's on the Browns, but he's proven me wrong more times than I've been right, unfortunately. And no, Dennis, I don't think Josh McDaniels learned a damn thing from his... <laughs> No, that's you know it's a really bummer for me because I kind of like Derek Carr. Um, it's too bad he I mean, doesn't have a coach. Both Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll had miserable first stops as head coaches, but not because they're miserable coaches. Actually, Bill Belichick had a uh, went to the playoffs with the Cleveland Browns his first year. Yeah, so and then he, and I, I'm just gonna go incredible. The Browns did not fire Bill Belichick like everybody likes to say. The team moved, people. Yeah. So everybody's always like, I can't believe the Browns were so stupid that they fired Bill Belichick. They did not fire Bill Belichick. I mean, the one thing I'll say for Josh McDaniels is so far he has not dismantled all the best pieces of the Raiders and put them on the trading block so that he can get third-tier Patriots backups. You know, he hasn't shipped Derek Carr out so that he could get uh, Brian Hoyer. To be There's the franchise time. savior. Yeah. He's not done it yet. I think that Bailey Zappi is who you mean, not Brian Hoyer. 
<laughs> no, because I mean Bailey Zappi, they just drafted. If he was, if we were following the model, and he was going to get, you know, like a third tier Patriots veteran, that's what you're going to go get. Anyway, our last team on the countdown for today, coming in at number nine with an average of nine point three points, is the Tennessee Titans. I had them at eight. You guys had them at ten. So, Dennis, how are you feeling about the Titans? I'm conflicted. So. I feel like the Tennessee Titans backfield is very similar to the Carolina Panthers backfield, but yet I rank the Carolina Panthers backfield as the second uh, best backfield for fantasy in the AFC or NFC. Um, But you've got a stud and then you've got some marginal backups. And I do think that, uh, Deontay Foreman is a better backup than Hassan Haskins at this point. Um, But we've also seen that running back is probably the easiest position for a player to come in and produce as a rookie. Uh, So Haskins does have that potential. But, you know, McCaffrey is coming off two years of injury. uh, Derrick Henry's old and he, you know, he's going to be, he's 29 or 30 and he's missed half the last season with, with a foot injured. So he's going to be 29 or 30 eventually. I mean, unless you know something, I don't, <laughs> you're the guy that's close to God there up in the mountains. So <laughs> the, the, but the, you know, the Titans though, I, you know, so I, what I'm thinking is not necessarily that I have the Titans ranked wrong because I, I, you know, I went back and looked and I kind of went up as high as five and kind of started to look at the, the teams that I had ranked and said, can I make a case to put the Titans in front of this team? And really the only team that I got to a point where I said, you know, I think I could was the Raiders. Um, and, and I, I just felt that the Raiders had, while they don't have the top end potential that you have with Derrick Henry, uh, they have a a much deeper and and more potentially more productive backfield after the RB one, and so I just kind of uh, I I like the, the I like Derrick Henry, and I think there's definitely room for somebody you know Dontrell Hilliard came on a little bit last year they do have Jordan Wilkins who was in Indianapolis who who flashed a couple times in Indianapolis before getting rode out of town um and Haskins and they've got Trenton Cannon who I think is more more of a uh, special teamer uh, and some guy named Julius Chestnut that I never heard of either until I saw something uh, hot hot dog eating champion no, Joey no, Chestnut, little brother, ah, little brother. Gotcha. Um, so I, I feel like the the ten ranking of Tennessee that I have is justified. The Carolina ranking of two probably is a little bit high. Uh, yeah, I think we're. I semi disagree with that. It's just what McCaffrey does as a running back we talked a little bit before the show about what you know we actually talked about it on the nfc show with mccaffrey that we expect foreman to get a little bit more carries like if derrick henry is not getting the volume i don't think that he produces what he has the past couple years where mccaffrey getting that receiving game work and still possibly 150 carries he's still gonna likely be a top five top six running back for fantasy if we see them really start shaving carries off of Henry, which I don't know will happen because they've not shown any reason to do it in the past, or they've never shown any inkling that they were going to do that in the past, he's not going to be able to produce as much because he's just not that well of a, good of a receiving back. You know, I Hassan Haskins destroyed the Buckeyes, and it's likely a very big reason why he was taken where he was. I just don't believe in any of these other guys. I mean, I like Hilliard, like what he did for the Browns. I don't see it. Really don't see it with Hassan Haskins. Jordan Wilkins, I say, I, I I think he's saying he flashed a few times as generous. I don't even think he really did that. Like, they just they don't have anybody behind Henry. And 
Whether it was the injury and him trying to come back too quickly at the end of last year, he did not quite look like himself. I think if Henry deals with any kind of injury this year or is slowed down a little bit, none of these guys are going to be able to step up and replace him regardless if they get the volume. Like, And, and maybe I'm overstating that some because we did see Dante Foreman come in and do that last year. He was very good for fantasy down the stretch once Henry went down. So maybe you are right. Maybe Hassan Haskins is able to come in and do that or Hilliard. I just don't think it happens. And so that's why they come in here for me. I mean, if they had Foreman on this roster, they would probably be five or six for me right now because I still believe um, – Foreman could come in and do exactly what he did last year when if if or when Henry slows down or if he gets hurt again. So Joe mentioned that Chestnut, who we we didn't know, um, is from Sacred Heart and was good at the level he played at. Um, Also, Dennis, to your point, I looked it up. uh, Derrick Henry turned 28 on January 4th, so he will turn 29 during the season. You know what I... Sitting here, I'm just I'm really sad Melvin Gordon didn't go to the Raiders, so I could have just dropped him a little little bit lower and let all of my all, you know taken the Emperor's advice and just let the hate flow through me. Uh for Tennessee, you've you're listening to you guys has made me regret a little bit that I have them at eight. Um they're Derek Henry is great. Um, when he's on, you are right. The rest of their roster is horrendous. Um, you know, it's a lot of dart throws. Jordan Wilkins was a dart throw when he was with the 75 backs that Frank Reich kept in the Colts, and now he's here. Um, I know Dennis had some more faith in Dontrell Hilliard than I do. I'm not sure about Hassan Haskins. Trenton Cannon exists. Apparently, Julius Chestnut was great at Sacred Heart. Um, what what was tough for me, we talked about when we were doing NFC is sometimes when you have one of those like studs, it can really weigh. And I have some concerns, um, you know, which we've talked about before about whether Derrick Henry hits a cliff and comes down, you know, he didn't look particularly great when he came back from injury at the end of last season, you know, was that being rusty working his way in? Was he not totally healthy? Is it signs he's about to fall off a cliff? If he falls off a cliff, then this ranking is ridiculous. And Tennessee's backfield maybe is pushing for 15, 16. Um, But if he comes back as what he's been, he's just so good. I, there came a point where it felt ridiculous to drop him alone um, down the order. So that's where I ended up dropping him. You know, when I'm looking at the teams that I have below him, I don't think that they have a one single back um, that can be that dynamic. Um, Even a couple of the teams I had above them don't have one single back. That's probably that dynamic. Uh, So it was tough for me. And that's why I kind of put them middle of the pack a little bit higher you guys yeah i mean i i don't think it's a reach um at eight i mean we're only two spots apart but it might be if he's not good (laughs) yeah i mean we we talked a little bit about this in our chat like for me outside of at least my top four like i don't love any I, i could probably go as deep as six like i feel like the top four at a different level for me and then, like, looking at mine, probably, like, five, six, and seven are close. And then, like, eight through 16, I legitimately think you could probably switch around here and there. And it's not not a big deal, in my opinion. Maybe not, so, you know, the Chiefs, as I'm continuing to sour more and more on them. And I think they should be 16. But, you know. It's the Raiders for me. It's the Chiefs for you. Dennis, which team outright do you discuss? <laughs> um, the Dolphins. Because I don't know which one to, to play. Literally, it's so. If I play a Dolphins running back this season, it's because I literally have no other viable option. Let me ask you guys a question, though. I felt like when I was going through the the AFC as opposed to the NFC that there there are some good top end squads, but overall, it felt a little bit grimmer than the NFC, which is interesting since the AFC as a conference feels better than the NFC. How did you guys feel in comparison? 
I, I concur. I, and I think w- what we'll find out when we get to quarterbacks is that it's going to be exactly the opposite. Well, it's definitely exactly the opposite. <laughs> that we're going to, you know, AFC's quarterback driven, NFC's running back driven. Yeah, I think the biggest reason why we probably felt that much better about the NFC is because you look at the guys we had ranked low. I mean, the Giants still have Saquon Barkley. Washington still has Antonio Gibson. San Francisco Mitchell. still has Elijah Mitchell. And, and we've seen that even if they throw in some dude we've never heard of, Raheem Mostert, it goes out there and produces whenever he's on the field. You know, the, uh, the Chicago Bears have David Montgomery. Arizona had a, a phenomenal year from James Conner. Even Atlanta's got guys that you think maybe could do something. So, yeah, there's definitely some players there that I think it's the top end. Like, that was kind of the argument we were having when we talked about the NFC, right? It's like, I want to have the Giants higher because they have Saquon Barkley, but realistically behind him, they have absolutely nothing. And so I think that's the thing. They have those higher-end guys at the front that kind of raise them up a little bit more. I'd be very curious, something maybe we can do later on in the offseason, is like where we rank them all together. And, and if it's going to be AFC teams, how many AFC teams will be at the bottom before we finally see our first NFC team? I don't know. Atlanta's like hold my beer. They weren't that great. I still think I'd take Tyler Algier right now over Damian Pierce. He's shown it more. I mean, even against good competition. I mean, BYU didn't play that many top end schools, but he showed it as a rusher and a receiver. Like I, I still think I'd probably now. I tell you, Kansas City is going to be last for me now, just out of spite. And then it's probably Houston. Then it's probably going to be Atlanta. Ronald Jones is just sad. Even in my spite, I kept my team at 12. You know, I kept them at 14 or 15, 13. There we go. They're bad, so. Uh, Dennis, any closing thoughts? Nah, I'm tired. <laughs> well, 3 a.m. was a long time ago, man. I'm oh, old yeah, and not yeah, used to getting up that early. Well, it's my day off, and my cat woke me up at 5.25, so. Cats aren't for shit, man. Gotta get dogs. Dogs are the way to go. They may wake you up, but it's so they can snuggle. Cat just wants you to, they're going to kill you. They're going to lay on your face and suffocate you. And then they'll be like, what happened? I don't know. I didn't see nothing. So we'd like to apologize to Dolphins fans, Chiefs fans, Raiders fans, and those people who own cats. And see no. you on Monday. No, no, I do not want to apologize to Chiefs fans. You guys have Patrick Mahomes. Be happy. I'm not apologizing to them whatsoever. See you on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone!